The Octane Fuel Your Fire podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to choose from over 1,000 coached workouts every year. Sign up today at DFW Tri Club. And we are also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Anyone can go the extra mile. Gatorade Endurance is for the people who want to go the extra five miles. It's got more carbs, calories, and electrolytes to help meet endurance athletes' needs. It's going to be the on-site nutrition for Ironman for the next three years. Available at specialty retail stores at fuelbelt.com and at Amazon. So go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. Hey everybody, uh, got a great episode today. Um, I was introduced to some folks through a friend of mine on the Gatorade team uh, for a new product that they're bringing to market. And uh, after doing some research, I felt it was pretty important to have these guys on and talk to them about what they're doing. The company's name is Stride. Uh, Stride is uh, bringing to market... Uh, what is uh, really the first running power meter um, for you endurance athletes and triathletes specifically uh, cyclists you're familiar with the power meter on your bike and some of the benefits that brings you but um, these guys are bringing it to the run which is really really interesting stuff and will allow us to do um, some pretty neat things so I wanted to uh, take the chance to have these guys on discuss what they're doing talk about stride a little bit answer some questions um, and, uh, t- without, you know, trying to overstate things, you know, these guys are innovating and, and they're innovators, uh, and pioneers in a lot of ways in what they're doing. They're based out of Boulder. Um, they're working with some of the best in the industry, um, some pro triathletes and, uh, Bobby McGee, world famous, uh, uh, running coach, um, lots of athletes there in Boulder. And, and so they're doing, uh, some amazing work. You'll notice in the show notes that uh, I'm going to post some links to uh, um, some of the articles written about Stride. Um, DC Rainmaker has one on his blog that's great. Um, Competitor Magazine wrote some things about them. Triathlete Magazine wrote some things about them. Uh, Wired Magazine has an article about them. Uh, So I'll post a lot of that information and then I'll also post a link to their website and their blog because there's lots of great information there too. Uh, But... Just tried to peel the onion back a little bit on this product and get a feel for what they're doing and what kinds of things that uh, the Shred will do and how they're intending to take it to market, which will happen at the end of this month um, via Kickstarter. So um, February 25th, I think, is what Gus said. Uh, so uh, keep an eye out for that. And as soon as I have a link for that, I'll probably tweet it out and put it on the Octane Facebook page uh, so you guys can take a peek at that as well. So. Uh, enjoy this episode, and uh, if you have any questions about uh, Stride or in general, always feel free to reach out to me and uh, to Randy as well, and uh, we are, we will hunt down whatever questions you have for us and uh, see if we can help you. So with that, um, welcome uh, Gus and Jamie from uh, from Stride. Today I'm joined uh, by a couple of the guys from Stride, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves here in a minute, the couple of the founders and describe what stride is, but uh, I wanted to talk about running with power. I think it's a, a really interesting topic, and these guys are innovating a product to, that does that very well. And uh, so, 
Uh, Gus, Jamie, thanks for joining me. And uh, if you would, introduce yourself and uh, maybe a little history on where Stride came from would be awesome. I mean, I think it'd be cool to hear that. Yeah, hey, uh, David, how are you? Uh, thanks very much. You know, we're really excited that uh, people are seeing power as uh, as being a new metric for running. Uh, and right next to me is Jamie, who's also another of the co-founders of uh, Stride Team. Um, but I'm going to let Jamie talk about our how everything kind of got started. Um, you know, we've been we've been going at this for about two and a half years with creating the power for for running. Uh, but the company and our our the, what we were doing has been basically a five year process right now. Wow. So Jamie is also he's part of the engineering team, and uh, he's going to explain a little bit about how everything got got started with Stride. Awesome, sounds great. Yeah, so um, so hi Dave, I'm Jamie, um, part of the engineering team, uh, and I've kind of been with the company through the beginning. Um, we are focused now on running power, and uh, that came um, through kind of a longer history dealing with uh, development of wearable uh, devices to measuring anything from your physiology to you know your 3D kinetic motion through you know through 3D space, and um, the team is led by two Princeton PhDs. Um, Robert Dick and Lee Shang, and um, and we've been doing research uh, on you know the topic of essentially wearable technology with high uh, accuracy and resolution yet extremely low power. So the Stride device will last um, you know up to a year without changing your battery. Yet you know it measures your uh, your power output by computing things uh, from your motion and also um, the environmental terrain you're running through in you know high resolution. So um, it's a difficult technical challenge that we've been uh, innovating on, you know, over the years, and we've kind of arrived at power being uh, the most uh, impacting metric for running. We think, um, at least we hope, and we've seen that in cycling. Um, it, you know, over the last uh, decade or two, power has kind of uh, transformed the way people train on the bike. You know, with uh, you know, com uh, completely uh, innovating uh, the the amount of progress you can make. Um, in, the, in the amount of time you can make that progress, so so that's the hope for um, for Stride that we can actually do that for runners too. That's that's, uh, that's great. Yeah, I have power on my bike, and I'm married to it. Not only do I love the data, but when I sit down with my coach to discuss race strategy, my race strategy is purely based on normalized power on the bike, so that I can try to run well when I get off of it. Just so you guys know, I'm a triathlete. I'm a triathlon coach, so I'm pretty embedded in the sport and addicted to it in many ways. And so when I read about this and I, I, I got a note from Charles, one of my friends and uh, one of the guys on the Gatorade team with me, I was immediately interested. And so that's, that's why I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta talk to these guys about this. This is really cool stuff. Not only that, but I'm a gadget guy. And I love, you know, <laughs> yeah. I think I've had every one of the wearables since from the Nike product to the misfit to the only one I haven't had oddly enough is the Fitbit, but, yeah, you know, and the challenge with wearables has always been, uh, or at least we've come to find out, how to, you know, apply those metrics that we're sensing. <clears throat> you know, how actionable is that metric? Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I think that has been the challenge. But I think with, you know, with Stride, if, if uh, you know, the, the power works, you know, we think and we've been seeing that it, it works uh, similarly in running. You know, you can train in your right zone and pacing and tracking your, 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 your training load over time. Um, and then we're finding other new things um, for power and running, like um, measuring your actual running efficiency and being able to, you know, see how changing your form in real time affects that to kind of dial in 
you know, you're running forms. So we're, we're, we're seeing even kind of some more exciting uses for power and running. Um, and it was along, alongside the more traditional uses in biking. So, but that's, that's the idea is that, you know, trying to make it as actionable, simple, uh, impacting as possible. Yeah, I have, I have many questions, but since you brought it up, uh, let's start there. I am, I am probably personally more interested in the run form improvements that can come from a device like this than I am almost anything else. Personally, now I see tons of benefit from a training perspective and zones and really dial in and race strategies. And I have questions about these things. But can you talk a bit about how stride helps us to improve our form and our run efficiency? Yeah, um, you know, that, that's that been really fun, actually, for us, because working with these athletes and, uh, you know, we live in Boulder. And as you know, Boulder is known as the mecca for athletes, for endurance athletes. Yeah. Uh, so having having test pools of 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 these incredible athletes of um, you know all calibers you know from Mary Beth Ellis who professional uh, triathlon to uh, endurance uh, runners and, and trail runners um, but being able to actually work with them on a daily basis and being able to get their information and really start to dial in what they're doing on a daily basis so when we work with these athletes in, on the treadmill we can adjust little things you know from cadence to uh stride lengths to you know basically little little things that that a runner will be would try to do outside but try to mimic it inside and see what happens to the power profile and the one interesting thing about power which is different from cycling is we're not trying to create as most power as possible right you're not trying to be like oh my god i have to get my power up there as high as possible it's actually the opposite i'm trying to really minimize the amount of power produced at a certain pace so the more efficient i am as a runner and the better form i have the lower the pro the power profile will be and uh, so we're starting to see these things and and so adjusting your stride as well as your cadence, stride length, and stride tempo, and so on. Uh, for yeah, leaning forward, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Pelvis like, forward, all these things. Mm-hmm. You can see the immediate impact. Yeah. So the impact of a more upright, upright posture versus a, full, a good forward lean uh, with a bend at the ankles, those kinds of things, and how that translates to the power output. Correct. That's correct. Okay. And so being able to see it in real time. That's really like that's where the the magic really happens is being able to see it in real time and and because this works via Bluetooth uh, as well as Ant, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie will actually tell you a little bit more about that. But the reality is, all these watches that are coming out, whether the smart watches or the smartphones, but also your existing Garmin's and and Suntos who already have power profiles in there, it helps us because now people can actually make tangible changes. Yeah, and they can see it. It's it's not so much of a guessing game anymore, right? Because they do have that that metric and that immediate feedback mechanism hanging on their wrist that tells them if I do lean more forward, I'm able to run at the same pace with less effort. Um, so right. that makes a ton of sense. Um, and heart rate doesn't do that for us, which is uh, this the was been what has been the gold standard for run metrics aside from pace and things like that for for a long, long time. Right, and you know. We're not um, also with heart rate. You know, we think um, we're not looking to replace it. Clearly, heart rate has some issues where it has. You know, so there's cardiac variability and cardiac lag. 
um, where you may not see the result of your effort for a minute or two afterwards, or you know, is given the same effort day to day. You know, you may find that give, you know your recovery was a little different. You're still recovering versus uh, being fresh, or you know, your nutrition or sleep patterns are a little different. So you know, you may find the variability to be you know uh, difficult to, uh, to to learn about what's actually happening. You know, power is a nice objective measure. Uh, of your performance of the training load, training intensity. Um, so that's, that's uh, but we don't necessarily want to replace heart rate. We think it's actually a pretty complementary metric because where power is measuring kind of the strain you're putting on your body, kind of your, your training load, um, heart rate is measuring the stress due to that load. So it's kind of get together, it's interesting. We've been seeing it's, you know, it's kind of a complete picture um, of what's happening. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to. Um, some of the educational things you guys have written about on the blog in terms of how we make use of, of these complementary metrics like you just talked about where we use power coupled with heart rate. What I, what I see in myself a lot and with a lot of athletes and what I talk to my athletes about often is sometimes you're forced to forecast what your heart rate will do um, given the terrain of a run, for example. Um, for example, the, uh, the loop that I typically do on, my, on a lot of my training runs here there's, you know, some short but steep hills. And if I'm trying to, to keep myself, you know, on that, on that high zone to sort of a, sort of a pace, I sort of have to figure out how, how much I have to rein myself back going up that hill to stay there and to maximize the effectiveness of my training. But with the power, I can actually have that other metric that helps me do that, which is something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's right. Power is especially helpful, you know, up and down hills and, and you know, for changing terrain. You know, we, we had a... Um, uh, DC Rainmaker. Yeah, yes. I read that, yeah. Rainmaker, you know, had a, a nice kind of introductory test uh, and, uh, you know, that showed the, the power changing on terrain. But, um, you know, as far as pacing, um, you know, it's, it's something where if you're running a hilly course... You don't want to burn yourself out, you know, charging up that hill, which, you know, so many athletes do. You get in the, you know, that kind of race mentality, the adrenaline's flowing and you just, you know, you feel fresh at the start and, and you wind up kind of burning yourself out where it may fall apart later on in the race. And we've had, you know, or, you know, or you're just not running your own race, right? You're kind of, you have, you're, you're racing other people and not yourself, um, you know, so you can, you can have that problem. But we've had people race, uh, you know, with and without power, to kind of help them pace themselves up those up you know through those changing terrain on the course and um, and you know we've seen that you know they've had it with pacing themselves the right way knowing their power um, you know they they've beaten their uh, times and you know I think PR and everything PRs so, and things so yeah no but I, I, had energy at the end to push through you know yeah Gus wrote about the friend of his that ran you know two two half marathons with with power and did his pacing more traditional way, I think, uh, the first time, and the second time paced with power and had a much, much better result. Um, and I was that was maybe one of the more interesting articles on the blog, which, by the way, I'll, I'll post in the show notes on this, guys, so that folks can go and take all that stuff in because there's some great information out there on the blog if folks are just willing to read read a little bit on it, and it's, it's, it's good stuff. You know, what's really interesting about that one is that, uh, you know, the first race – he was using the power meter, but he was not looking at the number. He was actually going at his normal, um, looking at the basically pacing by just looking at his uh, watch time and, and pace and heart rate. So he was following his own method. 
and he's been training normal and and so on. Uh, And, of course, he's been training with power afterwards and looking at his numbers. And so by the time he got back to the second race, which was actually about, I think it was like a three weeks, three or four weeks timeline, the second time, he actually had the ability to have actually look at his power. He knew what his effort level was. He knew what the pacing was supposed to be. And so he was able to maintain the same pace at certain certain watts and not burn himself. So basically, by understanding your amount of watts kept, it's almost like, think about like like a fuel tank, right? And you start out with a certain amount of, uh, certain amount of fuel, you know, and be able to go through the whole race and be able to understand you actually have enough leftover for the rest of the race and not going to burn yourself. You're not going to go to empty and have to use different type of energy sources. Right. Yeah. yeah we, we, we would just really quick to add to that. We saw at the end of his first race the where things fell apart versus you know his second race. It was all consistency all the way through. So right. So so when I when I mentioned to my network of coaches around here that I was doing this this discussion with you guys. I, I fielded some questions. I want to share some of those with you guys because some of them are good and, and I actually think it can get some value out of it. One of the questions was about how how the type of shoe that the runner is running in factors in. Now, I explained to this coach that that uh, this, this wearable is worn on the back of the shorts, so it's not a foot pod, but... but it's still an interesting question. So if somebody's in a Hoka, for example, versus a Newton Gravity a race shoe, um, you know, have you guys seen anything that changes the way that the stride works relative to, you know, what what's on folks' feet? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Actually, um, and so so there's no hard and fast conclusion of you know like uh, you know at least that we've seen. I think. We need to. I think what would be really interesting is to do kind of a longer term study and, and quantify these things a bit more. But you know, just from our own tests, we you know have tried different shoes and things. And you know, I've tried like um, I won't say which brand, but I've tried say uh, a worn out uh, shoe from one brand versus a fresh shoe from an, the same brand. And you know, I've I've seen a power difference just from that. And uh, they're not normally um, significant. Um, but, uh, I think, I think what to t- the takeaway that, um, that I would, uh, say is probably the most, uh, relevant would, would be, it's going to be unique to the individual. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it could be something where you could wear the power meter to, um, you know, with different pairs of shoes that you're interested in buying and, and maybe see which one pairs the best with your own biomechanics. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, you know, so so i would i would i would i would say that we we've seen differences but uh it definitely requires a, a deeper look and i think there there is potential there for um and and as far as it being on the body um it's still me- it's measuring you know your overall power generation so to move through uh space in the in the in in, in the train that, in the way you're doing it um which is impacted by your shoe so it doesn't have to be on the on the shoe to to measure those things so you can, given a pairing of yourself, your own biomechanics with, you know, the shoe, which would be an extension of your biomechanics, um, you would uh, be potentially be able to see the, uh, you know, the impact of that. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I think it, it, I thought about that actually right before you said that is like, could I, could I use the stride to help me dial in what the best pair of shoes for me would be? 
based upon run gate and, and posture and you know my running form and those kinds of things it'd be an interesting thing to look at running shoes are another addiction of mine so you know i have one of every one i think and so it'd be interesting to have the stride to try it on and, and go for a few runs where maybe it's the same four or five mile run and, and see which one produces um, the best kind of results for me. I think that'd be a cool, uh, an interesting application for it. Right. Uh, another question that I got that I thought was kind of interesting is, is really about, uh, and it's probably one you guys get a lot, but I'd like to uh, understand the difference between um a bike seemingly steady resistance with the full pedal stroke versus a runner who has force against the ground and then recoils when the hamstring uh, recoils when the hamstring and the hip flexor engages to pull the leg forward once again. I mean, I did my homework, so I know it measures more than just ground contact and cadence and things like that. But what other aspects of of the monitoring that are could, could people be missing when they're just doing some casual reading about what stride has to offer there? Well, let me, uh, I think this is going to be a question for the two of us, for Jamie and I. Uh, so it's a combination of part of this, the technology as well as uh, uh, when it comes to form and, um, and what happens to your form and what, you know, in regards to your impact on the ground and so on. Because one of the things about, uh, about stride that it's not just about a, you know, creating like a, or being able to read your, your watts, your, your energy being produced, but it's also about the, the way you run, right? So it's, it's about um, your gait analysis, right? And, and when we're talking about gait, we're also thinking about your impact, your deceleration that's happening when you land and your takeoff. And so these are the things that we're, we're able to measure. Um, and so part of the, 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 the great thing, or they call it like some people are calling it the, the magic is all it's not just in the sensors but it's also in, it's it's the 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 algorithms that we have built around this is to really understand the the, the proper gait analysis the forces that are being created and being able to, to combine those two and be able to understand like the metabolic state of an individual um and so but these are the things that we're starting to read um as for the you know what happens during a a like like cycling, you know, when, when, you, when you're talking about um, how a cycling power meter works versus what a power meter for, for, for running, is, it's, there's, there's some very much of a, there's big differences. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're measuring on, on the bike, you know, the strain, that's essentially a strain gauge, right, at the, the crank or the pedal or the hub mm -hmm. bike. Um, and what, you know, what we're doing is, uh, to put it as simply as possible, um, is Newton's law of force and velocity is equal to power, <clears throat> and so that's essentially what we're we're doing there. Is um, you know what force are you producing uh, to create what velocity through what environment, um, and then how much energy does it take to move the mass of you in order in that way, and uh, so that's that's just the simplest uh, way I can say it. But it is you know a very different way of measuring, but arriving at a, at a similar. It's a different way to get to the same destination, I'd say. Right. So, so while the unit of measure is consistent in, in the watt, the way you get there is different between the way yeah. we get there on and, a bike versus the way stride gets there, right? That's Just right. And, and one other fundamental difference I would say is that while a bike is measuring your total power um, in watts, and then if you want to get like a comparable metric, un like a unit weight power, like uh, watts per kilogram, you would need to tell a bike power meter how much you weigh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you could be maybe comparable between friends, 
um, to you know how much how much power do you generate per pound essentially we're doing the opposite so uh, we're measuring your unit weight power which is we don't know how much the mass is that we're moving through through space and if you want to get total power from that then you tell us you know how much uh, the mass is that we're moving through space so it's Again, in that case, we're kind of coming at opposites, but they're complementary opposites. So they need to know your weight to get to unit weight power. We need to know the weight to get to total power. Okay. Yeah. So you uh, essentially, my next question was around, you know, watts watts per kilogram being used as sort of a normalized measure of power output. So me at 250 pounds, for example, or 60 pounds, depending upon how well I do on the on the Oreos, um, versus yeah, one of my great friends who's 165 pounds. I mean, on the bike we can we can normalize out watts per using watts per kilogram. It's it's different. It sounds like it's different on when when you're talking about run power, right? That's right. Yeah. So people like different. You know, there are certain people like to see the watts per kilogram. Certain people like to see the total power. So you know, when the the people that we've been working with, um, you know, we kind of switch it up. Uh, most of the time, we're we're delivering uh, their total power, just because that's I think the preferred way. Also in the biking world, although if you do want to make the comparison, then you would want to divide it down into your unit you know, weight power. But yeah. um, so we can, is, I guess, the takeaway message is we can, similar to the biking uh, power meter, we can do both as well. Okay. But we do need to know, similar to the biking uh, power meter, w- what your weight is if if you want to transform it to one or the other. Understood. Okay. Let me shift gears for half a second. So I, I know that Gus wears the, the Suntu watch and it kind of natively tracks um, the run power as a unit. And, and, and he brought up earlier the Ant and the Bluetooth compatibility and, and how, and I've read all about uh, both on your blog and on DC Rainmaker's site about how it pairs with smartphones and, and the like. Besides Suntu sort of nat- natively supporting what you guys are doing, um, what other what other products and what other companies are you guys working with to integrate? Um, I read that Garmin, for example, on like on my 920, I would have to either use it in bike mode and use the the power units of measure in bike mode, or I, is there a way to trick it using the heart rate? I think is what I read on another site. Can you guys talk about some of this stuff for me? Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, running power is brand new. Yep. Um, and so what we're doing is uh, creating a new metric for. Um, you know, a channel that may not exist in, in current protocols like Bluetooth Low Energy and AMP Plus. So on AMP Plus, the closest thing that uh, that there is is um, what's called the um, bike bike power service, and then on uh, that's an AMP Plus, and on BLE, it's the cycling power profile. And um, so different companies treat these two profiles differently. So for Sunto, like you mentioned, which is, supports Bluetooth Low Energy, it takes in the cycling power profile, but it allows you to attach that um, to running mode. And it doesn't actually call it cycling power profile, it just calls it like a, a power pod or a, you know, a power profile. It just calls it power. Okay. Um, so that's really nice. And so you, know, uh, you can use all your other running metrics because you're still in running mode with the Sunto watch. On, with Garmin, on the other hand, without Connect IQ, um, which is a new API that Garmin's come out with recently, and they're they're staging their rollout with it, so we'll get more and more support as we go on. But without Connect IQ, they they do support on their XT series, um, uh, which bike mode, which then supports the the power pod or the cycling power service, and so we can use that. 
But like you said, it needs to be in bike mode. This is just currently. With Connect IQ, you can create custom data fields. And so in that case, we'll be able to, you know, use power in the running mode as well. On Garmin watches that don't support bike mode, like the, the non-XT series, we've been using them. Um, we're still up in the air exactly on how uh, we want to push the metric through. What's the most user-friendly way? And I think the Kickstarter will help us to determine that, you know, to get a lot. We're trying to get as much feedback as possible because we're essentially commandeering other metrics to use for power, which, you know, we want to be the friendliest way we can. For a while there, we were using, like you mentioned, the heart rate service to pass the unit weight power through. But that's a little dip difficult because it's capped at um, like 255 because you would never have a heart rate above 255. So we've had to, you know, like I said, pass unit weight power through instead of total power. Yeah, we should hope not, by the way. Well, so then the other problem there is, you know, if we're commandeering that, channel, then you aren't going to be using a heart rate monitor. You'd have to pick one or the other, which is not something we want to force you to do. So it's a bit tricky. Um, it, we're in one of those you know, transition periods where um, because there isn't a running power meter, we're having to do these kinds of tricks. But um, you know, like if you do want a pure solution, they exist out there. Um, you know, uh, but otherwise, well, we're, we're just uh, kind of in a waiting period. It's a transition zone you know, to convince the manufacturers to uh, you know, and, and, but I think like the the, the uh, at least Garmin and, and uh, Sunto, which are the probably the top manufacturers, already kind of were a step ahead uh, in supporting this. So, so that's what we've been we've been doing mainly. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about this stuff. I, I, I'm positive they'll come around. I read that you know you guys you obviously a lot of people run with their phones, so your app natively supports. Um, everything you guys are doing, obviously. I've heard and I've read Rainmaker talked about it, and I've also been on um, a, a couple of different forums talking about Stride that you'll have some Strava integration as well, correct? Yes. Um, that's a, the, the integration aspect is, uh, you know, we're working with third parties, right? So it's, mm -hmm. as long as they have an open API, you know, we're able to transfer that information over to uh, your existing training programs, whether it's Strava, Garmin, and so on, perfect, perfect. or if let's say, for example, you use Sunto, you use the Move Count. Uh, if you you're training with a coach, you're using Training Peaks, and so on. Or if you're using or Darrow, and so on, um, and adapting these 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 type of uh, power profiles into their training programs is what we're doing. So we our process, um, as Jamie was saying is also working with partnerships as well. So we're, we're trying to work with Training Peaks, we're working with all these different companies to basically adapt this this power profile into the into the actual metric. So it's not just about just placing it up there, mm -hmm. but actually coming up with a specific where there, where there's a TSS score and all these other things that I mean these these are things that are going to take time, but we're we're trying to create those partnerships so it gets adapted People can already have it into their into their systems. Um, you know, Strava, same thing. Ideally, is that they want to see people basically first. They're interested in power, and is there a use for it? And I think we're getting there. And so once everything kind of gets established, I mean, Strava, everybody loves it because it's about comparing you against everybody else. Mm -hmm. I think with power, you can do the same thing, right? Like now, you can compare. How well you're doing against, you know, your 
your coworkers and so on. So you can kind of really start to understand everybody's running. You know, you, you go out and run at a beach or you're running here, you can say, wow, we're running really similar. You know, so it's kind of fun in that, re- in that regard. Yeah, and I would add, too, that um, uh, Stride has a – we already have a, a, a training center of our own. Um, that we can import uh, fit files from you know any other training center uh, that displays power in the way that you would want it to display as running. Um, we can export fit files to be imported into you know Training Peaks, Drive, all these move counts, mm-hmm. um, and so we we have this kind of back and forth interoperability uh, as it is right now to give the you know the person that's using the device the most freedom to use it how you know to integrate it into their own um, existing training flow great yeah so the reason I asked that question guys is I think it's important as you know I my full-time job is uh, I, I'm in sales and I've been in sales my entire career pretty much and you know the more favorable you are towards all these different brands and apps and things, the better distribution for you guys. And, and I think the better distribution for you guys, the better product you guys can, can make for, for people who want to consume it like me. So that's why I asked the question. So I appreciate the answer. It makes a lot of sense to me. So I'm going to shift gears and pivot one more time um, and, and talk a little bit about the notion of functional threshold power. So in one of the blog posts that Gus had written, it talks about FTP a little bit in terms of how it's uh, you guys can capture that for running for the first time, much like people capture it for 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 cycling. Would the would that measure be used the same way that it would be for cycling to derive things like heart rate tra- or not heart rate? I'm sorry. See, here we go. It's a cultural shift I have to make in my mind to create um, zones based on power. Yeah, I mean that's. Um... It's exciting. We're extremely, uh, you know, devoted to, to keep looking into this. Uh, we have not derived yet, of course, um, because it is different from, from cycling. But we are working with experts. So one of the people that we're working with as uh, is, is one of uh, our educational advisors is uh, Bobby McGee. And he's really well known in the, in the running world. And to try to really implement what's already out there, right? So we already have a heart rate. We already have pace. And by using power, we're going to be able to start to understand uh, somebody's running dynamics in the real world, right? So when, like, basically creating your, your best pacing and best pacing with power. So you, you'll know if you're running fresh or if you're running, you know, fatigue. And that's, that's really interesting for, from a coach's perspective is to be able to really understand, like, the intensity level that you're running at and, and so on. So when it comes to an FTP score, uh, that's something that we really are working. We have not, let's like said, oh, we have it nailed down yet uh, because everybody changes, right? Uh, your dynamics changes as you start to you improve your form, your, your power goes down as, as your pace goes up, hopefully. Uh, these are things that we're, we want to work with. And so it, it's going to be a moving target all the way through. But the more more data that we collect from uh, from these early adapters and these coaches adapting this this um, this type of training, uh, you know, part of our our Kickstarter campaign, it's really to to get as many users as possible and and just limit it so we can look at their training and look at their their activities and seeing how it's being applied. So when they're running at a lower pace, or if they're doing hill you know, hill repeats, or if they're doing uh, um, let's say if they're doing just regular intervals, 
being able to see these numbers and really start to make sense of it, it's really how we're going to be able to derive this. And so, yeah, and all that being said, too, I, you know, we are working to come up with kind of a normalized way of getting something akin to FTP um, so that we can derive zones per athlete. So, you know, that's an ongoing, like, like Gus said, it's kind of a moving target right now for us. But um, we are working with, like he said, you know, top experts in the world, including Bobby McGee um, and others as well to see, you know, what's the way to do that um, to get a kind of a, you know, comparable result that's regularized across everyone. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So uh, just so you guys know, I, I'm interested in applying stride to things like blood lactate threshold testing that I do for athletes and being able to, and as much as I can, giving them not only heart rate per zone, which then turns into, translates into pace given the course, but also maybe, maybe being able to give them a range of power per zone. That would be really, really neat thing to be able to provide. So uh, I'm excited for that component of it as somebody who does those tests a few times a week it's it'd be cool to do that yeah and i think uh you know people already do that on a, on a treadmill right that's that's mm. usually where you've been testing uh and i know vsx is it has the the first one using oxidization of of the the blood and so on i think with power being the new metric and applying the the old standards uh hopefully we're going to be able to derive with better answers right it's like it's to be able to quantify that information a lot easier uh, so when somebody is out running at a certain a certain pace and at a certain threshold, if they're at their LT, you really know that they're hitting their mark and they're going to be blowing up if they go, you know, more than that. And so these are these are things that we are really. That's why we we can't answer those things yet. We're working on it. We that's why we want to work with these experts. That's why we want to work with this this type of community like the triathlon world because they they really. Not only do they like data, but they like to to really make that data um, much more uh, sensible for their training and and really be as accurate as possible. Yeah, no, I, I could not agree more. Uh, so, guys, let me ask you: give us give us uh, some info on on how to get a hold of uh, of or get our eyes on Stride. Um, I know you know the website, Twitter. You mentioned Kickstarter a couple of times. I mean, shed some light to the audience on. And where we can find you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, first, our website is stride.com, which is spelled S-T-R-Y-D.com. Um, and on that website, we have uh, kind of, it's kind of a minimal website at this point, but it has an, uh, a place for you to sign up. Give us your email address. Uh, we can keep you guys, whoever signs up, uh, informed. You know, uh, we're going to have a, a Kickstarter campaign, as we've been talking about, uh, at the end of the month, um, the end of February. And, uh, um, you know, there's a, I, I think if you Google Stride, there's a couple different articles you can find that have been uh, written about us uh, in uh, Competitor Magazine, Triathlete. Um, there's a Wired article, right? There's a Wired article. Yeah, one thing about the Wired article was the uh, writer put the, the device on the foot. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice. But, it, but it's <laughs> interesting with data, actually. Um, it wasn't necessarily monitoring core body mass. But anyway, um, so there's a, yeah, the, the, the but, uh, still gave good insights on you know how to use it and and and, and what it, the potential of it could be. But um, and then of course DC Rainmakers uh, written kind of probably the most uh, in depth piece on us so far. 
Um, but I would say just get in contact with us through the website. Um, email us at stride at stride.com. If you want to talk to us, you know, uh, we'd, be, we'd love to get on even Skype with whoever just emails us and, and, and has ideas. That's, that's really what Stride is about right now is, um, sure, it's a new technology and it's a new metric uh, applied to, you know, to, for running. And, um, and we, we need to uh, work with, you know, you guys, with, with runners and triathletes and, um, you know, people who, um, you know, train on a daily basis and um, who can help us learn about uh, how to train with power, especially applied to running. And so, um, you know, I think we're in the phase now where, you know, we need to work with uh, more and more um, of these types of people, of these, uh, you know, people who are as passionate about, you know, possibly changing how people will train for running, you know, as we are. Um, and so in learning as much from you guys as we can. So contact us. And yeah, and so I would say... Yeah. No, and that, that, as Jamie was saying, the Kickstarter is a way for us to approach those individuals, right? We want dedicated coaches and athletes who are interested in this. So the Kickstarter campaign is it's not just not so much about about the money aspect, but it's more about the learning of the community. You know, it's the the device is only going to be one hundred and fifty dollars right now retail, one hundred and forty nine ninety five, and we have a limited amount that we're going to be uh, producing. So if anybody's interested. If they if they really want to get their hands on it as soon as possible, like Jamie was saying, uh, at the end of the month, um, I don't know when the when this actual um, uh, podcast is going out, but it's it's going to be on February twenty fifth, and it's going to be a launch. So if anybody's interested, uh, get on it. We'll do a couple of uh, early birds that they're going to be able to get the the, the device on their in their hands sooner than everybody else. And uh, and then we're going to limit it to a certain specific amount, so we we make sure that we work directly with these individuals and and gather the data. Well, Gus, just to give you a comfort, it's uh, February seventeenth, and this will be posted the evening of February seventeenth. Alrighty, okay. <laughs> I don't I don't let these things sit very long. So, All right. uh, well, that's great. Yeah, we'll get it out there in plenty of time to get the word out. And just so you guys know, I've already got. Uh, links saved to, for show notes to the website, obviously, but the Rainmaker write-up, which I I agree with you, is he he did what he does. You know, he the guy's thorough. Uh, he's great. The articles that you mentioned of competitor and magazine and and the like. So I'll post all of those and and just to uh, solidify the point that they made about reaching out to them, I was reading through the comment section on the blog and. Gus, you just guy left a comment, and you're like, "Hey, let's just hop on Skype." And I thought that was really neat. So, uh, and it wasn't exactly difficult to get you guys on to do the podcast. So, I really appreciate that, and appreciate the time. And uh, last thing I appreciate is what you guys are doing. I think it's going to be just incredible for our, for our sports, uh, for for running and triathlon. So, I can't wait to Kickstarter and get out there and support. And uh, if I have questions or comments based on the podcast that I can forward to you guys, I'll certainly do that. Um, and, and I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks. Well, I appreciate very, very it. Much. Yeah, thank you, Dave. It was a pleasure.